already. Are you guys ready to begin? I am. I think so. Okay, cool. Hello, and thank you for tuning back into the movie rubric. My name is Timothy McDaniel. Cole Wright. And I'm Josh Glass. And we just went and saw, we literally just left the theater. We went and saw Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to talk about it. No, so. wait. You left out five knocks. Yeah, it was seven <laughs> knocks. It was seven knocks. Yeah, I actually counted that because I was like, oh, you know, like, are they going for religious symbolism? They most definitely were. Yeah. Um, normally, we talk about, like, some background for these. Josh, I got nothing because I purposely went in as blind as possible into this movie. Um, do you have any background for us? I don't have much. I can look it up on IMDb. That's, I mean, that's really okay. I didn't even know this was M. Night Shyamalan. Like, that's how blind I went into it. Um, I got really annoyed because I was on YouTube and I saw a ad for the movie that played and it was like a 10 second unskippable ad. Mm-hmm. And I at first was like, okay, it's not going to show anything more than the one trailer I've seen. But then they showed something that I very much considered a spoiler having now seen this movie. And I'm, I'm a little salty about that. <laughs> um, let's talk about it spoiler free first. Uh, I'll toss it to you first, Cole. You've seen this twice, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I knew we were going to go see it, but I got invited to go see it with another friend group. So I'm like, you know what? I'll go check it out. You cheated on us. I yeah. Yep. I almost told him no. Like I'm not gonna go with you because I was gonna keep stick with the boys. I tried to push eighty for Brady. Yeah. So we didn't <laughs> have to go see Knock at the Cabin. Well, now we can go see that. Yeah. Now we can go see it. <laughs> but I, I couldn't slam. Um. So. I mean, M Night Shyamalan is an interesting fellow. Yeah. He's <laughs> he is. It's he's one of those directors. That either gives you really good, like the Sixth Sense, or gives you complete garbage, like old. And there's ne- it's very seldom there's there an in between. Hmm. So where would you? Put this, this is one? the exception for an in between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a. I mean, my first take, like the first time seeing it, I'm like, that's all right. Yeah, it's not the worst thing he's ever done. It's also not the best thing he's ever done. True. Um, piggybacking off of that, I already know what the worst thing he's ever done is, and it's Avatar. Oh, he did do Last Airbender. That is he? hands down the worst thing he's ever done. I'm not even going to let... Avatar th- is in the, the Last Airbender, not yeah, the blue people. I'm not even going to let that be up for discussion. But in <laughs> your heard, opinion... I wh- forgot he did that, but I have a different one that's pretty bad. You hold on. You think there's something worse than Avatar, it's the live-action remake. I mean, my original one was going to be old. No. That's, it's pretty bad. It was. It's not near as bad as... Well, I forgot that Shyamalan was connected to Airbender. Yeah. Um, either way, disagree, but okay, that's your opinion. So what And what is the best? Oh, Sixth Sense is up there. I mean, it has one of the most iconic twists in any movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. It's hard. I need to kind of see a list of what all he's done. Split was good. Split. I'm looking through his IMDb. Oh, yeah, Split. I was going to say... Split's good. I forgot that he did Split also. And Unbreakable... Split's probably my favorite. Um, and then I'm sad that the Unbreakable was decent, and I'm sad that the movie that was supposed to like bring Glass. them all together, Glass, was not any good. Glass was... The mittens. Visit was pretty good. I didn't think it was terrible, but it wasn't... I, it, it wasn't was Split a, good. Yeah. I love Split. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, I would put Split up there. The Visit was also pretty good. Josh, what's your favorite Shyamalamala movie? Well, I had to look him up on IMDb because I didn't know what all he'd done. Um, probably... Yeah, we probably split out of the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Sixth Sense is good, but I I didn't really watch it a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, I've watched it once, maybe. It's, it's got a weird twist, but once you know the twist, it's like... Kind of old. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I get it. Get it? Old? I get Cole? it. That movie sucked. <laughs> Your favorite Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Clearly the best. It has a lot of funny memes in it. Okay. So, I mean, I would agree. So, you thought the movie was okay, Josh. What about you? I I enjoyed the story. Um, without getting too heavy into details, the the actor choice was was odd for me. Yeah. Um. Overall, I I liked it. I think I really liked it until the end. I think the last five minutes were so tonally weird to me that it kind of like I just left the theater not being sure what I should be thinking. Like, was it supposed to have any sort of message? If it wasn't supposed to have a message, what am I supposed to be feeling? <laughs> I don't know. Like, without spoiling anything, this movie kind of gives me, like, it, it kind of made me think of, like, the ending of Cabin in the Woods. Hmm. Like, the end of Cabin in the Woods, like, spoilers for Cabin in the Woods. I'm not necessarily saying they're related, but, like, it has, like, a very 
it's supposed to be a funny dark ending. And then this one, like it, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but also was trying to be funny. And then it also was supposed to be dark, but it also wasn't super dark. And it was kind of mildly uplifting. Like, and it was just weird. Yeah. I, I, I'd never got the sense that this movie tried to be funny. Not until the very end. And and really, I don't even know if it was trying to be funny at the very end. It was just so awkward in some it, points it's that like, it made it kind of funny. I mean, Maybe. Okay, I can't really discuss that part because I have my thought of what that is, but I can't really say it without... We're, we're tiptoeing around spoilers. Yeah. So here for the start of it, I guess uh, we can jump right into it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Yeah. Should people take time to go see this in theaters, wait for DVD, or just skip it? You know, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I th- I say stream it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you can catch a it's, cheap showing say, and you got nothing is, else to do, I would say, uh, I would say just uh, wait for it to come out on Netflix. So I, uh, I mean, I would say stream it. I've also seen this movie twice now, but really, Tyler, you paid for my ticket because I used our your Super Bowl money you gave me. Oh, okay. To pay for the ticket. To <laughs> all right, one. listen. We all know that it was rigged. Oh uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was a hold. Uh, yeah. That was not a hold. That was a hold. All right, I mean, hold the guy it. announced that it was a hold. Here's the thing. But We're talking about the Super Bowl now. Yeah, hold or not. It's hard to say that the Chiefs really won that game. Like, I think they might have won it on their own. The it was a Chiefs tie game. Lucked, it in, lucked into that game. Yeah. I think. Like, I, I think it, as far as just like having a good game, the game was awesome up until that moment. And then they lucked out with that hold. Like, the ref like thought it was a hold. Okay, sure. And then they kicked a field goal and ran down the clock. And it was the most boring way to end what was otherwise a fan. And I don't watch football that often, but it was a really boring Here, way to a great game. Here's what me. I saw different perspective. The Eagles were up double digits to, on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was on one leg, pretty much, and you still couldn't shut him out. I will say, I did. I watched some second team analytics. never blow a double digit lead. True in Super Bowl history. I watched some analytics about it after, um, and the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, coordinator, give him props. He did. He picked apart the Eagles' defense. Oh and yeah. Like they're looking at plays. That happened at week five in the regular season and saw how the Eagles defense reacts to things and pulled it out in the Super Bowl. And that won them the game. So maybe I'll take back my comment. They didn't luck into it, but it just felt like they were in the right place at the right. They time. had momentum. Eagles were shook. Patrick Mahomes is best quarterback in the world right now. I don't think anything they did was luck. I think they played very, very hard, but it also is very upsetting when it's it would have been much better had they won scoring a touchdown like normally like if it went into overtime and it mm-hmm. was actually you know what i mean they competitive won, at the end part of that it, it, they part won of the strategy be, they won because of a call yeah they didn't win because they scored a touchdown because they played better at the end like in the last couple minutes they won because of a call and mm-hmm. i don't like football but it's just very upsetting for me to watch because the one game i watched a year i thought had a very just ending yeah and to your point cole patrick mahomes was not the best quarterback in that game you're, you're right jalen hurts threw for more ran for more he played a better football game than Patrick Mahomes but did. Who Mahomes, was the one on the holding call? Who was, was the quarterback um, at the time? Because that was the stinkiest pass in the whole game. That would have been, it been Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Well, Mahomes right? That was the worst pass in the whole game. He threw it so far to the back left pocket. Like, holding or not, that guy was not getting that pass. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. But, you know. Oh, well. I don't We're not paid. a sports podcast. I don't, I don't Maybe paid. we should be. Maybe we should do the sports <laughs> you know, I feel like that would be really entertaining. Because <laughs> we... <laughs> None Especially of er, when, Cole's like probably the most into sports out of the three of us. Yeah, um, you know I really like hockey, but besides that, I don't really pay too much attention so to Tyler's what else is going on. on it. Oh yeah, you just want me like you really want me leading at a sports podcast. I Let do. me tell you, sports ball. Actually, I think there is a podcast called Sports Ball. Well, we Rooster can't be that. Teeth We're gonna be that. the sports rubric. <laughs> the sports rubric. I like. All right, back on track. Stream, knock at the cabin. If you like M Night Shyamalan, if you like suspenseful horror movies that keep you guessing. All right. We're going to get into spoilers now. Yep. Spoiler warning. I need to like one Spoiler. of the, one of these days I'm going to get a giant button that goes. Yeah. Just that honestly needs to be the voice. I just need to go <laughs> clip that later. <laughs> that way people know. All right. Um, the supernatural element of it. Sorry. I was trying to think where I wanted to phrase my thoughts was what was spoiled for me in the YouTube trailer. Mm-hmm. I went in not knowing hardly anything about this movie and I would have loved to have not 
been knowing for sure whether like the supernatural element was like a real part of this movie. Oh, okay. But because they showed the tidal wave and the planes falling and that little YouTube thing I saw, one, once like the movie started, I immediately knew that we were going to get to see some plagues that are of supernatural element. Um, so it kind of ruined that for me. But then two, once I saw the planes falling and he started describing the things, I was like, okay, I know at least three, if not four of these people are now going to die for these plagues. And so it really spoiled like those two huge elements for me of this movie. Um, but it didn't ruin my enjoyment. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think, think I saw the same ad. I did not get that from it. I, don't, I just don't really pay too much attention to ads when they come up. I, I'm just I like, knew. Oh, okay. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I just knew Batista and Ron Weasley were in it, and that wasn't enough for me. I didn't know he was in it until I watched this. And, Ron um, Weasley or Batista? Ron Weasley. I knew Batista was in it. Um, Rupert Gr- Gr- Grunt? 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 I don't know. Rupert I, Groot. I, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was in it. Um, the the dad. Is that the guy from Always Sunny Which in Philadelphia? Dad? The one that looks like the guy Daddy, from Always Daddy Andrew or Daddy Eric? <laughs> We're going to only call them that from now on. I'm going to look up the IMDb. Hold on. This guy, Jonathan Jonathan Groff. Groff. He's not the guy from Sonny, is he? Eric. Is he? No. Okay, he's not. See, I don't... He looks... uh, We have a laptop here with, like, a TV pulled up. He looks like a Walmart brand version of the Always Sunny in Philadelphia guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? He's King George in Hamilton. Oh, okay. He sure is. I knew his face looked familiar. And I was the same thing. I was like, this guy looks familiar. And to me, he looks like a... And he's not fat by any means. But the dude from Always Sunny is like a walking skeleton. Uh Um, He looks like a a healthier, maybe you could argue, version (laughs) of that guy. Um, And I was like, the whole movie, I was like, is it him? Okay, it's not confirmed. Um, It is not. So he was... Eric. He was Eric. No, Daddy Eric. Daddy Eric. Daddy Eric. I think my favorite character in the movie was Batista's character, oh, yeah. Leonard. He was, he was the best. <laughs> Leonard, hands down. Um, but quickly followed up by Daddy Andrew. I liked Leonard's character. I'm just not a huge Dave Batista serious role kind of guy. But I thought he did good. I, I, I did not. No? <laughs> I thought he did pretty good. The way he delivered some of his lines was like he was literally reading a book. Like That's whenever he's standing behind the door, knocking at the cabin, mm-hmm. it feels like he's just reading sentence for sentence from a script. Well, no, he's, And most of his lines felt like that they were delivered that way. No, here's my... To me, anyways. My argument, he's playing a very good, very soft-spoken individual. He's not going to have a lot of inflection on his... Like how he's, he's trying to be as calm as possible because he knows, like they're not going to believe us if we're just going to go and like, hey, um, like how uh Ron Weasley's character was. I'm just going to call him Ron Weasley because <laughs> he's always Ron Weasley. Like how he's like, oh, we're just going to go and guns blazing here or hammers and sickle blazing. No, Leonard, Leonard Batista. I'm just calling. I'm going to call him Leonard because that's his character name. Leonard is um with that softer spoken approach, which I think he did really well. Batista pulled off really well. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the character that the fact that the biggest guy in the room was like this big softy. I, I enjoyed that character. I just didn't care for who played the character and or how he played it. You're entitled to your opinion. You are. It's valid. Um, I'm with Cole. I think that he was supposed to be playing someone who was overly soft spoken and very uncomfortable and I think that his lines being delivered a little awkwardly really fit the character. Now, if you were to put that acting that Batista did in a different movie where he's not like doing what Cole said, trying to like convince people to commit suicide for the end of the world, and he's not supposed to be super uncomfortable, I would agree with you. But I think given what was going on, I liked the way it was presented and delivered. But that's just a difference of taste. Yeah. Um, Daddy Andrew was my second favorite character. I thought his acting was some of the best in the movie, especially when he was struggling, like in the chair in the one scene where they're killing um, Rupert's character. What yeah. is his name? The uh, redheaded guy. Redman. Yeah, Redman, but we find out his—it's not really his name. When they're killing him, he is struggling and screaming against the chair and screaming and crying, and that was maybe like one of the most like intense scenes in the movie for me because you didn't know what was going to happen. I thought his acting in that scene, I thought he killed it. He was a really good actor. He played a really good role of, like, this dude is so controlling in this relationship. Mm -hmm. You're like, you kind of want to slap him. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, get that. Boss and Eric around, 
Eric's trying to have his own thoughts here, which I get it. He's under a lot of stress, but you kind of see throughout even the flashbacks, like Eric, not Eric, Andrew, Daddy Andrew, kind of controlling. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. He was definitely the dominant one in the relationship. Eric just kind of just like, ah, whatever. So, so like on that point, I got to give the movie a lot of credit here. Like it's a gay couple, and whenever the first fight breaks out. Um, well, the first thing he says, he's, he mentions he has a gun. And the guy's like, did you bring it? And I was like, oh, you know, cool. Like, they didn't put these guys in a box. Like, this is a gay guy with a gun. Awesome. And then, like, two minutes later, he starts throwing haymakers left and right. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't expect that. I mean, uh-huh. maybe I went in with preconceived notions about a gay couple. But, like, I just wasn't expecting that. But then later, they showed that he had, like, backstory reasons for yeah. owning the gun. Backstory reasons for his anger against, like, you know, and the reason he feels prejudiced against him and why they brought that up. And, like, they show him training against a punching bag. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. So, like, the fact that these people aren't in a box, awesome. And then the fact that they gave them a story reason for that, I mm-hmm. think, was really cool. I really liked that. I, I did like that a lot, too. I like, because I was kind of thrown off. I was like, okay, w- why is he such a bad A when it comes to yeah. fighting? Like, He's just supposed to be this normal average dude. Loving dad. You know, a loving dad. <laughs> and then he starts coming out here just kickboxing the crap out of this dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then I loved that they followed it up and like showed the reason yeah. why. Yeah. I, I really did like Even that. Even though the gun ain't going to do you any good in an emergency if it's locked in the safe in the car. And unloaded. And unloaded. Like, <laughs> Which, my God. Good on him for being safe, responsible gun but owner. But bring the gun in with you. If, like, if it's yeah. a home invasion, if someone breaks in... Like what we just saw. My thing was bears. He was really worried about bears at yeah. one point. And the other thing was it it seemed like they hadn't been at the cabin very long. No. So yeah. he may have not just got there. Yeah, he may have not have got, gotten yeah. it out of the car yet. You know, it seems like it was that day. Mm-hmm. Like they had swam in the lake, unpacked, and then all this happened. Yeah, because the guy was in a robe. Yeah, the guy was in a robe. The other guy was in the same shirt that he jumped mm-hmm. in the lake in. So yeah, it. Could have been that he just hours, you know, a couple yeah. hours. He had had yeah. another. Okay, car you know, I'll give it that then. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be um, kinder. <laughs> I did love his trigger discipline. That's such like a weird thing to talk about in a movie, but I see so many movies where characters have terrible trigger discipline. So even though we have this character, first off, if I was in this guy's shoes and someone was trying to threaten me and my family, um, I'm turning into the Danny DeVito meme, and that's like, and then I started blasting. Like that's literally <laughs> me. Like there's multiple times. So like. Leonard has his husband like against the wall and he walks in with the gun before Leonard turn around. I'd have just shot him. That's what I was thinking. I was yep. like, I was sitting there the whole time. I'm like, shoot him. Yeah. Just shoot him. Like, just what's the worst? That's blast happen? him. Oh wait, the end of the world. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, which makes me think that I actually, I at first was like, Oh, I would have blasted that guy. But it also makes me wonder, did he actually kind of believe them a little bit? Um, cause I think if he didn't believe them, he wouldn't have put Leonard like in the bathroom and let him live. He would have just shot when he went. And I was, yeah. it kind of makes me wonder, mm, maybe he actually wasn't well, as Leonard, sure as he gave off. Leonard kind of hinted at that, though. Like, I can tell when you're lying. Yeah. Kind of yeah. hinted like, y- you believe us somewhat, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, this movie did a really good job of like making you step back and think like, well, one, this is a very highly unlikely scenario to ever find yourself in. But You don't know that. Uh, you don't. It happened right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> it happened last week. We yeah. don't know. It was just the family, like the they didn't like each other. Yeah, right. So they, <laughs> just, know, so they super, came to a conclusion really easy. Super. Easy. They had a kid they didn't like. It's yeah. like, all right, if we're being real, we had one too many. <laughs> <laughs> You're a low man on the pole. But I mean, like, but, but seriously, it, it made me at least kind of step back and think, like, what in the world would I even do in this kind of scenario? Like, this is so outlandish. I don't know how I would react in a scenario like this. Like, yeah, it was it it was weird. It made you really kind of go, hmm, what would I, uh, <laughs> what would I do? It really what did, and that's what I loved about this movie. This movie does such a good job of suspense and making you uncomfortable and just making you squirm and not being sure what's real and what's not. I think that they did a good job with that in this film. If it didn't do anything else right, it did that awesomely. Yeah, and it did a really good job of like, like you said, what's real, what's not, like. At times you could side with the, you know, the four people. At times you could side with the family. And it was like, I, I until, and up until the, like, the very end, you didn't realize whether or not they were really telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really good. Yeah. It really wasn't until the plane started falling that like, it was like, okay, so this is actually probably kind of true. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like they, they have the tidal wave. It's like, oh, it happened four hours ago. The earthquake happened. 
Like, okay. I, you can side with the family on that one. Then it has all the plague stuff. Like, oh, this is a pre-recorded thing. Mm-hmm. You can side with them on that. Like, that's been happening for months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though the, ty- the tidal wave thing. <laughs> Ooh, I got a thing on that one there. Um, it is. So, how did they get this footage? Or is it, I thought the same thing. How, it's like, we have footage just yep. came in from a woman it who died like on her cell phone. a phone. Yeah. <laughs> it 100% was a phone. The only thing I could think. And the only thing I gave them credit for was like Get that rice on hand. She's live streaming it, maybe, and they have, and they like that. what? Someone got it. I mean, you can say that, I guess. You could have said it, but like, that's the only thing I can think is like she was live streaming when it happened. She just didn't take her her finger off record. Somebody saw it and sent it in the news. I saw. I thought the same thing about that, and then I thought it again during the planes falling. It's like we're getting all this like cell phone footage of plane falling, and it's like it's happening actively, and I'm like. How are they getting all this? Like, are people? I've never ever once thought like, "Oh wow, that thing I filmed was like I'm gonna send it into my local news station." Like, yeah. or I don't know. I've never seen a plane fall out of the sky. I feel like or if a I'm seeing giant wave, <laughs> if or I, a giant tidal wave. If I see planes fall out of the sky, like my first thought is to film it. But I'm also not like of that mindset, anyways. But I also feel like you know, I'm not sending it to a news station. Maybe they pulled it off social media. Picture it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was a little. That was like a, a knockoff and continuity for me for sure. I agree. I gave them the benefit of the doubt with today's day and age of technology. Very easily could have been a live stream. They could have dropped yeah. a line, or, a line in it or something. Then like could have, yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the characters, um, we talked about Andrew, Eric. Um, I liked that they showed through the backstory and through the um, the flashbacks that he was of a religious background mm-hmm. and it never explicitly said Christian, just like he was of a religious background, which I think whenever you fast forward to what was happening in the movie made him a lot more susceptible and a lot more likely to believe these people. Um, I thought that they kind of showed, so like, okay, out of the two, if they're going to believe them, like there's reasons that Eric would actually kind of side with them. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was like a nice way to kind of justify his character making the decision he made. So this is Eric, right? Right. Yeah. That's cool. daddy yeah. Eric. That's Eric. That's okay. daddy Eric. I thought it was Andrew's parents that were the, was, that were shown in the backstory. Yes. Andrew's so, parents were in the backstory. Eric's mom called. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how it was going. Andrew's parents were in the flashback as like showing being disapproving. Uh-huh. But Eric throughout the flashbacks multiple different times was hinted that he himself was religious. And that was shown very vividly at one point where they were waiting to adopt yeah. the that's, daughter. Yeah, that's the only time that I saw that. But I, I took it as uh, Andrew's parents were religious bigots. Oh, maybe. I, I got the vibe that he was based off of just kind of context clues. I don't know. And like maybe the way he dresses. It even. Could, could be a thing where they're both religious, but one side is more accepting. Yeah. 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 So Once, maybe and, he didn't hate it. As, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. Andrew's side, obviously very disapproving. Yeah. Yeah. If so, for nothing else, that one line in the hospital kind of helped justify his character making that decision at yeah. the end, a, a significant degree. Um, So I thought that was cool. I wish they would have shown some flashbacks in between all the people dying of them getting their visions mm-hmm. and showing up on the dock. So, like, that would have probably aided in into some context, you know, yeah, and, and some meat of, meat of the movie. Yeah, like I feel like I didn't feel for the people when they died near as much. Not um, really until the end, whenever they find all their stuff in the truck. Yeah, and maybe like, that oh, was, and then you're like, oh well, maybe that was these by were design. Real people. <laughs> I think it would have been really nice to see some flashbacks, but I guess now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe that would have spoiled the fact that we don't know if they're telling the truth or not. True. That would so, have. Yeah, that sure. would have. So, okay. I'm going to give him, give him some credit back on that. Um, what did we think of the ending? Because to me, I always look for a moral or a message in things. Um, and it's really hard to pin one down on this movie. And if there wasn't a moral or a message fine but it just had like an, an oddly uplifting ending yep. like they had like them playing boogie shoes and like they had this like beautiful moment with like the dad saying i see like our daughter in the future and then he like i don't know it's like a weirdly uplifting scene for something tragic that just happened so here, here's my take on it the ending because Shyamalan is known for his twist endings that's his his thing i think they did a good good thing about he did this where it's like everyone's expecting okay what's the twist gonna be and there was no twist the twist was no twist yeah twist was no twist possible the boogie shoes thing i don't think it was exactly uplifting 
because it's like that was what they just jammed to like mm-hmm. a, what we were assuming a day ago mm-hmm. pulling in like yeah. they had a nice little family moment there and that's that's the song that comes on so it's like do we listen to it do we not do we li- <laughs> and they decide to listen to it yeah i guess for me what was uplifting was like the scene in the diner where they're giving like testimonials on the tv and mm-hmm. everyone's like oh play that one and then they're talking about like how good things are now and it's yeah. just like it and it had like some soft acoustic guitar music playing it was like oh like it's it would just felt oddly like the tone was different so different from the rest of the movie and it was just it, it made me not think, sure what to feel i think it is kind of like maybe it's like showing okay so what all happened did actually happen mm-hmm. um just the aftermath of it but i don't on the the, the testimonials like the I, okay, I get it. Like, okay, the water stops rising. That's fine. The plane's landed. That's fine. But they're celebrating the, oh, it's been one hour since we've not had any deaths in the hospital is what they're celebrating on. the Like, there's they're still the plague, though, out there. I think that one was shocking. Like, so, like, imagine if COVID, like, people are dying left, right, left, mm-hmm. right, left, right, hundreds a minute, and then all of a sudden zero people started dying from mm-hmm. that point on yeah. that act that would be yeah, kind of wacky yeah. that'd be worth reporting <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't know it just seemed kind of weird like it was it was a weird it weird. was kind of the only way they could yeah I mean, present you, that plague kind of ending yeah because I, you can't just say well it it's gone like yeah. everybody's miraculously mm-hmm. healed and for, for all we know it was yeah but you'd have to wait a couple days you yeah. know to kind of show that yeah, yeah. I mean, it's i don't know that was a weird weird one for me yeah the other two made sense, but that one, like, I get it. You do have to show that they're all, it's all mm-hmm. over, but. It was odd to me because I assumed all the planes started falling simultaneously. So for some planes to land, that would mean that some planes had to have, like, taken off mm-hmm. <laughs> post, like, all the stuff happening. Well, you like, got to think, like, I've got an app on my phone. I, somehow I ended up on the aviation side of Facebook. You know how you like one video and yeah, like, everything pops up? For sure. So anyways, I downloaded this app and it's called Flight Radar 24. You would not imagine how many planes are in the sky at any one given time. You know, I had a I had a decent idea, but until I download this app and you can zoom out and you can see every plane that's across America. Like I'm sure it's in the thousands, but like yeah. I thought so they were like, all falling at once. No. Well, I think it was just kind of random falling, but then by the time you get air traffic control and and kind of like tell everybody, hey, you gotta land. Like it's going to take some time to get everybody down and and not from taking off again, so, so I I didn't find that too. There's a lot of airports wild. in the world. Yeah, for me that was the weirdest one because it's like okay, the sky fell and shattered to the ground like glass. Um, lame isn't maybe the word I'd use, but airplanes falling from the sky feels a little lame for me. We're having plagues. They started with the coolest plague, like they should have saved that one for the end. Like giant tsunamis. Okay. An actual like disease, okay, that's deadly. It's growing, it's spreading. And then airplanes. And then airplanes falling. It's like, okay, so once all the airplanes fall, like the final plague is like some lightning shoots from the sky. Yeah. And like for all I know, like the lightning was gonna destroy the world. Cool. But like I expected the like, okay, the world is ending plague mm-hmm. to be meteors or asteroids. Here, here's like my- imagine how much cooler that would have been, like not planes falling from the sky, just straight up asteroids crashing into Earth and then miraculously stopping. It yeah. just felt like the planes were a lame direction to go with that. Also, you introduce, I'm not saying, well, actually, I'm saying you should have probably went with this. You introduce that there's grasshoppers. You cut back to the grasshoppers. The locusts are a plague in the Bible. Why yeah. not just use the locusts? <laughs> it yeah. was weirdly focused on the grasshoppers, uh-huh. even halfway through the movie. And then just, it, we talk about Chekhov's gun a lot here. Like, it was a very weird. Thought just, we were going to get a plague of locusts or grasshoppers. Yeah. yeah. And also. Another thing that they bring up, uh, the, the scar on the the nose or the lip, whatever, is like, okay, you bring it up, you show it in the flashback, but then it, it pertains nothing to the plot. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, and I don't know this for sure. She doesn't have it. She doesn't have it in real no, life? I looked it up. Okay. That was going to be my only thing, is if she had it in real life, that would be a way to like not have her have to put makeup on and like add but it to her you backstory. Could, you could CG it, though. My only thought was, okay, we have a gay couple adopting a child. Like maybe that was the only kid they'd give them, but, but they, they didn't know the they orphanage were gay. didn't even know they were gay. Well, maybe it was the fact that it was like an American couple, right? Like that was yeah. kind of my thought was because I agree with you. I thought it was weird how much they focused on the scar, and it meant 
ultimately nothing to the actual plot. That was kind of my thing was, okay, um, it looked like they were in like Korea, maybe, maybe China. Yeah. Something. Hard to tell. Um, maybe you have this foreign couple, they're adopting a kid. They're not going to give you, and I'm putting air quotes on this, one of the good ones, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to give you the broken one. That was me. I don't know. I was trying to justify it, but you're right. It's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. All in all, I love some of the visual effects they did to like add suspense to stuff. Um, but I love that they didn't show gore that much. Mm-mm. They made the the horror the feeling. Like they didn't show the gore. They didn't try to make you uncomfortable with blood. Like that was actually all off camera, which yeah. I I thought I appreciate. Like you see a little bit of blood splatter. But a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I, I liked the the death scenes. The a lot, you know, like the way they were they were filmed and, and mm-hmm. set the up. First one was my favorite one, the Ron Weasley one, because it's like, well, not now, but the first time I saw it, it's like you don't like, okay, what's happening? It says he's scared. He's putting the mask on or the cloth over his face, and then it's they just kill him. Like, oh my gosh! And then I think Batista had a pretty good reaction. He just went and threw up. Yeah. Like, well, mm-hmm. how would you react if you just killed someone? The thing is, though, and. This is not not a major issue, but like he goes from puking after the first death to then just carrying the next two. Yeah. And it's like oddly quick that he got over that like yeah. traumatic. uneasy traumatic feeling of, of being around. He's a dead desensitized. Person. Yeah. yeah he's so having, quickly having too, within like twelve hours. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um I think my favorite death was the girl, Abigail, is that her name? Adrian. 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 I liked Adrian's. I liked her story about her son. And I love that she was like, all right, cards on the table. I'm next. Like, and it was like, it was a direct plea, which mm-hmm. we didn't get from Rupert's character. Like, Please. Um, and her telling the story about her son and her just like her holding her tears in her eyes. Like, I thought that hers was the best. And then her death shook the faith of the other girl, the nurse, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting thing. And I, I think hers was probably my favorite. Yeah. I, I think so too. That she I think hers was the most dramatic. Cause she was just she kind of present her character presented herself as like a, a, a kind of panicky kind of person yeah. having to try to do this to try to solve her psychosis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I kinda liked it. Right. Not liked it, but I feel like hers was the yeah. most Who's your moving. least favorite character? I don't think we talked about that. My least favorite character, yeah. Um Mm, that's a tough one. Least favorite character. Maybe the nurse, because she was the most basic. Yeah. Um, but she did a good job. It was she wasn't my least favorite for any other reason. I just thought that she was the least standout of all the people. See, I kind of feel like uh the first guy to die. I feel like his character was kind of the most just like generic hillbilly kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you, Tyler. The fact that he tied back into the story, I think, in, yeah, but in my also, mind, makes him more recognizable. I don't like, what are the odds? You're going to get four people to go carry out this prophecy here, and it happens to be the guy from the backstory of the couple that well, is in the cabin. I don't think it was odds. I think it was, like, fate. If you look at the movie, it's basically... Saying that God or some higher being, yeah, in this universe is is orchestrating all of this. So, how is it out of the realm of possibilities that he's like, yeah, this person's going to be okay. involved? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like predetermined. Like, but then it's like it just happens to be like they meet up on the bartender thing. Also, kind of was a weird thing for him to drop on Le- for Leonard. I don't know. It's then they all meet up on a message board. Well, I think I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's yeah. Why even bring up the bartender thing? Like it's. He's just introduced himself. Lots of teachers have part-time jobs. Well, no, I'm like it's weird though. It's a, it was a weird thing. Like I get it. It's so that Daddy Andrew can have his conspiracy. Like, oh, you met him at a bar, and yeah. you did like okay. I get that, but like it, I don't know. It just seems weird. Mm, I don't know. I didn't think that. I, I personally didn't think too much into it. I can see that though. Um, so how do you guys feel about? the scene where they're all standing in the living room and they're all introducing themselves. I personally felt like it was kind of like it was rushed character development because there was no backstory on these characters. So they had to just basically monologue 
their backstory. I don't know. I thought it was kind of odd. I think it was awkward, and it was supposed to be awkward, yeah. and it was supposed to be odd, and it's supposed to be they're trying to be friends with these people because they understand the choice they have to make, mm-hmm. um, which I think is an interesting dynamic. So I don't know. I think it was supposed to be a little odd and rushed and funny. Yeah. And then Rupert didn't even want to go along with it. He's like, this is dumb. What is this doing? Like we're wasting time. But also I kind of want to know what would happen if say they just didn't like say the family refused and they just like, yeah, we're not going to kill our people here. Did the plague still happen? Like what? Are... Yeah, that's I true. I assume it would have. Yeah. But like, then why did they have to die then? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. That, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like Wait, they could have, if the plagues are still going to happen, why kill the people? I think it's uh, predestination. Like, whatever being is causing this to happen knows the decisions that people are going to make. Therefore, put the dominoes in place to fall at the right time. That's how I interpreted it. So what you're saying is, like, no matter what would have happened, they were going to die anyways. No, I think that whatever being is like God or whatever like is in this universe is causing all the stuff to happen, knew that the family was going to say no. Therefore, they put the dominoes to fall in place at the time of the people's deaths. Mm-hmm. Like the first earthquake happened before they died, but the second earthquake happened as they died. The plague was in place ahead of time, um, but like didn't really start breaking out until like the second person that had like committed their sacrifice. Uh, that's how I interpreted it was... All the dominoes were in place because they knew the choices the people were going to make. Um, that's how I understood it. I'm not saying that's the correct interpretation, but that's how I got I know, it. it. I don't know. For me, that just seemed like, I'm curious. Like, they just decided, you know, we're not going to go along with this. We're just going to leave. We'll turn around and leave right now. And would the plane still fall from the sky? Well, I mean, most of the plagues had something in place, but then didn't really start doing something until the person died. So maybe the virus would have just been like, oh, I read about that on the news. Or maybe the first earthquake, they evacuated Hawaii, would have ended there. Mm -hmm. Like the second one wouldn't have gone off. But like now we're changing the story and we're changing the timeline. So it's hard to say what the author's intent was there. Yeah. I do have one big gripe with the final, like the end, like towards the end when daddy Eric F's in the chat has to get killed. Commit seppuku? Well, you can't commit suicide. That's a rule. And all three of them have to vote. When wasn't there? Uh, I don't know if it was specified all three. He didn't commit suicide. The guy shot him. But they have to vote on it. I think the vote was, it's me. They had to like <laughs> come had to, to a mutual agreement. I yeah. think when you pull the trigger, that's your well, mutual no, agreement. Didn't. And also, I think it was kind of alluded to that the daughter knew... She was on like some kind of wavelength with Daddy Eric that he was gonna probably do it because she said, "Did Daddy Eric save all the people?" Mm-hmm. So like, I think she was kind of already at peace with the the thought of like, "This but, is real." Yeah, yeah, that's true. There, somebody's gonna have to die, and I know my parents love me enough not for it not to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, How wacky! That's like the 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 director's cut at the end, the blooper outtake where it's like it's her. <laughs> in roll credits. <laughs> uh, they, I don't know. That that just seemed like because it's he was so like it didn't have the thing where he like agreed. It just cuts to him getting killed after they're arguing. The thing was, you can't kill yourself. Yeah, you can't, and he has to be the one. Someone else has to kill you. When the the one guy shot him. Yeah, but it seemed like it, there was never that moment of, hey, I'm gonna like okay, I'll do it. Like I think that I think that didn't need to be said. I think when you pull the trigger, that is you saying that. It, I don't mm-hmm. know, but also, I don't know. There, there, there's some issues I have with with this. Like the, her not being there to vote. Like if it's, I get it. The mutual agreement thing. Did you save the people? Also, like if she needed to be there, why? I get it, you don't want her to run off. I don't know. Did Leonard say that all three had to agree, or he just said you three have a choice to make? Because yeah, I interpret you, you three have a choice to make. But mm-hmm. I, the way I interpreted that doesn't mean like like you're worried because the daughter didn't like give verbal consent. I never interpreted it as all three have to come to the exact same conclusion. Like you know, as long as a choice was made between them, that it was okay. But we're talking about like weird fictional magic religious rules too <laughs> listen, that have like no sort of listen, like I think the I, sacrifice is what matters. I can only yeah. I can only vote within the rules of the universe that it puts yeah. me here. That, going back to that though, like the whole sacrifice thing in general, like it would definitely like the movie had 
religious undertones, not necessarily Christian or like of any particular religion, but it had like it was a it's weird, like because they definitely showed Jesus a couple times. They did the seven knocks, mm-hmm. you know, which is like seven is like God's number, you know, the perfect number. So it was a little weird, like, is it like supposed to be he is doing the same thing Jesus did? Like, what is it trying to reference? It was a little like the whole premise is like a good premise. It's just odd. It, and like I said, I think I would have enjoyed the premise more if it was more spiritualistic undertones and less religious undertones. Mm-hmm. Something similar to um talked about it, Cabin in the Woods, which is teenagers have been dying at cabins all over the world for centuries. As long as they die, the demons are satisfied and they don't end the world. I think I would have enjoyed that a little bit more than the like weirdly religious thing that went on. It was kind of strange because they did kind of, they did make it biblical but not biblical mm-hmm. like they, they didn't settle on one direction so yeah i think it would have definitely aided to the movie's overall feel if they would have just chose one yeah i agree like i said the ending was just a weird tone shift all in all though speaking of weird tone shifts the uh going from boogie shoes to the, the, like the nice orchestral oh yeah music, that, that was, was the worst musical cut I've ever seen. They I didn't think. even fade it. No, like it was, it was so like bad. A, wasn't even, it seemed like they they were in there. They're editing. They're putting the song in. They let it run too long. Like crap! I don't want to have to clip this. <laughs> I just throw it in there. It'll be all right. Yeah. I honestly thought the movie was going to end with Boogie Shoes just playing that and been a fading ending. out as they drove off. And I think it would have been because that was like the dad's song. Yeah. Like instead, going back to weird tone shifts, like you said, like it's just like all right mildly uplifting Uh they did the right thing playing boogie shoes they're driving off into the sunset and then instead it was like or did they (laughs) went to the (laughs) ominous music and showed all like the fires in the distance i just wasn't sure what to think you know what i don't like about this movie how close they put the camera to everyone's face that made me extremely I hated uncomfortable. It. I, I, I liked it because I think it was supposed to make you uncomfortable. I hated it. The, I don't want to feel like I'm Frenching Dave Batista. That, that opening scene between Dave Batista and the and Wynn, mm-hmm. yeah. I was so uncomfortable. It's definitely for sure intentional, and I liked it because, yes, it does make you super uncomfortable. It makes you look them in the eye. There's one part, David... Um, David... Gosh, Dave Batista. Why am I calling him my first name? First <laughs> off, yeah. also, why am I calling him David? <laughs> We're not friends. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Um, Batista's character turns because he hears a crackling in the woods, and he looks straight into the camera from like a couple inches away from it. And I loved that shot. I, I loved how up close, how sweaty he was. He was clearly uncomfortable. I kind of dug it. I didn't hate it. It just made me very uncomfortable. That and like <laughs> Shaman liked his blurry shots also. A lot of blurry shots in this one. They always got really blurry whenever the dads were super unsure of something. Hmm. And I think it was like to show anxiety. I think like the part that it was like the blurriest was the most noticeable blurry shot was after Batista's character slit his throat. The dad's walking back inside the cabin and it keeps going in and out of focus. And I think, you know, he's like tired, he's wounded, and he's super unsure as to what's going on. And I thought that that was just kind of a way to show tension. I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah, it, it wasn't super noticeable blur. Like, he is really bad about blur in other movies, but in this one, he definitely blurred the camera hmm. from time to time. Yeah. So you didn't like the blur? I didn't care for the blur. I, I Mainly my big gripe with how it was shot was the the rapid up, so much up close. and Like, if you would have just backed it off an inch or two or seven, it would have been fine. <laughs> it's like telling... John Petrucci to turn down Cole. It's his art. It's Shyamalan's art. Let him well, be artistic. Shyamalan <laughs> needs to put out consistently good stuff like John Petrucci does. Oh, that's true. That's true. Fair you know, point. a valid criticism. All righty. Do we have any last things we want to talk about in this movie? Because we've actually, I mean, we've talked about the meat and potatoes of this movie. Like, we've basically taken it from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got some suspense. Yeah. It leaves you on edge a few times, but... It's not a complicated movie. Mm. No, I mean, it's not like a Josh or wife could have followed this one. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, something I just thought about as we're talking about it, though, like while the story was simple, I liked the characters and I liked 
that they went to great lengths to show how strong and loving this family was. Like, Batista makes the comment, he goes, I think you guys have to make this choice because your family's love for each other is so pure. Mm. And they went to good lengths to show why and how and that it actually was pure rather than just... I love the, you know, the saying, like, don't say it, show it. Like, they said it, and then they showed it, and I appreciated that. Yeah. They also, did, like, kind of showed, like we talked about, like, they did a good job of showing, not telling in this movie, just in general, showing, like, the dad's training montage and buying the gun and stuff like that. So, it's kind of cool. So, would have been really easy to just have him be like, yeah, I took a boxing class. You can say that, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, alrighty, I'm ready to go to the rubric if you guys are. I think so. Alrighty. Cole... I don't know who started off on the last one. Cole, start us off on this one. Plot, what are you giving the plot? Plot, I mean, it's all right. I'll give it a three. A three? Yeah. Okay. Josh, what about you? I'm going to give the plot a, a four. Okay. Um, it was, like I said, it was a pretty straightforward movie. I didn't feel like there was many plot holes besides maybe the the shots on the news um, that you, know, you guys talked about, but I didn't... I. I didn't see those as plot holes, really. Um, yeah, four. I'm going to give it a three. I think it was simple and straightforward, but I think it left too much to, like we talked about, like it never chose religious, spiritual, like is like demonic. Like it never really kind of chose one or the other. And like the stuff that was simple and straightforward is great, but I think it just left too much to wonder about. So I'm going to give it a three for plot. Josh, start us off. What would you feel about the characters? I'm going to give characters a three. Um, I, I didn't feel like they were super deep. Um, actually, you know what? Let's give it a four because I did enjoy Leonard's character. Like I said, I just didn't enjoy Dave Petit's, um, delivery, delivery of the character. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the dads. I feel like they were emotional and I had a connection to them. Um, so yeah, four is good. Four. Okay. Cole, what do you think about characters? I'm also going to give it a four. I mean, same thing. I mean, there's not a bad character in this movie. I mean, they're just weaker ones. Like, they're not all, like, like, it's not a big cast. It's not like the whale. Spoilers. If you haven't go checked out our whale episode, go uh, listen to that. Um, it's not like the whale where they're all, like, great characters. They're not all, like, super strong. There's just a few, like, Weaker ones that will drag it down to the four, like the nurse, and I mean, the child actor win. Yeah, I'm teetering between a four or a five because I think the characters are some of the strongest parts of this movie. Like, well, it has to be. It's there's, all, yeah, yeah really. there's not a lot of them. They all have their their gimmicks, their things that make them tick, the things that make them who they are. The movie says those things. It shows those things through their actions. They got and their then, quirks. And then it brings it back around later to show that, like, the reason that those people are the way they are and the reason they were chosen was for a very specific reason. Uh, I could give it a five, could give it a four. I genuinely like, hmm. So here's the problem. We normally watch these movies and do this, like, the next night. Yeah. Like, I have a chance to type up my thoughts. We just watched this. Welcome mm -hmm. to the club. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still digesting. Um yeah. I'm going to give the characters were strong. I'm going to give the characters a five. Um, I think that the characters, for no, if nothing else in this movie, was great. The characters were great. I'm going to give the characters a five. Um, I'll start us off with the next one. Direction. I think most of the time the direction was really good. There were some weird tone things towards the end that we talked about. But all in all, the amount of pure suspense and uncomfort that I experienced in this movie um, made it a phenomenal horror movie. I'm going to give it a four. Call it a horror movie. A horror movie. Would you call this a horror movie? Suspense horror. I'm, I I'd would call more it suspense a, rather than horror. Yeah, suspense thriller. You don't really. It's not really any like anything to make you scared in this. You feel on edge. That's yeah. different. I think it like men like a twenty four movie men is not a horror movie. It's suspenseful. Just because they don't do jump scares doesn't mean they it's did not a jump horror scare movie in this though. One, though. Well, then there you go. It's <laughs> not a horror movie though. What? What was the jump scare? Was it when Wynn turns when he, around? Yeah. yeah. And you see it coming from a mile away. Like, it's going <laughs> to... I mean, yeah, you saw it. Yeah. Like, 
I'm Googling uh, this. Naga the Cabin, a horror movie. Oh, my gosh. Mystery Is an apocalyptic horror. psychological horror That's film. That's a horror movie? Oh, my gosh. Get wrecked. <laughs> get lawyered by Google. I saw some scores there. I tried not to look at them, Google. but I glanced at them. Yeah, we're just getting, we're trusting Google now with all it. All our stuff here. Uh, for that, yeah, for yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit on, on that mystery one. Horror. On that one, I am because it agrees with what I said. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm giving it a four. Cole, what are you going to give it? A three. A three. Any reason? Actually, the t- the music tone shift at the end was pretty bad. The the close ups, like where they're shoving us up the characters' noses, is pretty pretty awkward. The blur shots are awkward. Some of the delivery, while I do kind of like the awkwardness of it, was off in some cases. Mm-hmm. You're leaning a two. I can see it. Yeah, drop it down to a two. Don't do two. See, it's funny. I wasn't trying to like all the. It's funny. All the things he named are things I actually loved, and why I gave it a four. Like yeah. I think. Actually, no, no. I like the awkward. Go back to three. <laughs> I'm not trying to sway you. Stop I'm not talking to me. I'm trying to think. I'm not trying to sway you. I just thought it was interesting. It's so funny how like, I mean, that's why we all do the rubric no, individually, how one person can like something that another person hates. Yeah. Um, we so, do all typically come together with scores beforehand. So there's not usually a ton of no, I'll, yeah. back and forth about I'll it. it. I'll leave it at three. It, it, it'd be too harsh of me. I'm not going to do to it what I did to Avatar. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our Avatar review, go check that out. Cole with all the plugs. Today. Cole throws. Cole throws. That's the summary. He did in our Pixar tier list too with uh, ants. But anyways, well, it's um, even Pixar. It's nope. DreamWorks. 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 <laughs> we should do Pixar. I said that in the episode. I said we need a good uh, Pixar, Pixar movie. But I'm saying out. it now, louder and better. Oh, okay. therefore. <laughs> now, when we do our next, so when episode, we do it, it's my idea. <laughs> when we do our next episode, make sure you tune in for our next episode. Um, and then he's going to plug this one. I'm going to plug yeah, this now. one. I'm going to reference this, and then oh it'd, be, it'd be cool. This podcast is becoming an M. Night Shyamalan of, like, inceptions and twists. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Josh, what are you giving direction for this movie? I'm going to give direction a four. Okay. Um, some of the some of the writing was just... Well, actually, no, the writing wasn't bad. Uh, character or actor choice was, was off, which I think goes into redirection. Mm-hmm. Um and then musically, I liked it, except for the very end. Um, the, I th- felt the music set the tone really well. While the shots at the begin or some of the close-up shots were awkward, I do agree that it kind of added to the uneasy feeling of the overall arcing movie. Yeah. So I'm going to go for And I'm saying this, please keep in your mind, keep writing under direction if that's where you feel it goes. But writing is the reason, because I consider writing the plot. That's actually the reason I put the plot so low is because mm-hmm. of some of the writing choices. So once again, interesting, like what I consider writing to be plot, you consider that to be direction. I guess it depends movie to movie because I don't know if M. Night Shyamalan wrote this one or not. To he be had, he had multiple writers with him on this one. Yeah, I think like a movie can be well-written with terrible direction and vice versa. But no, keep. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for the, to justify my own score and for like verbalizing on the podcast. Yeah. But, Interesting. Okay. Uh, direction. You give your um, direction, Tyler. I did four. Okay. That's and then I swayed you on accident. Yeah. Okay. Cole, start <laughs> us off on continuity. Um, this is a tough one because there's a lot of continuity issues with this. Y- you know what? Is h- hold on. Say them. I'm thinking of one big one the, we discussed. The, the the live feeds. Yeah, that's li- the big quote one. Quote unquote live feeds. Yeah. The, the rule. I mean, I I still don't buy the. You're not buying into the rules. I buy the rules that they set at the beginning of the movie. I, it just seems weird. Like they make it a big deal. Like, oh, you all got to make a choice. But wind runs off. Like no one can leave. Like we gotta. I don't know. It, that just seems weird. Like all of a sudden, it's like oh, we don't need win. And we got to make a choice here. But we can't kill ourselves, even though he's willing, like, oh, I'll do it. And Daddy Andrew is not buying it. I'm gonna... not going to sway you. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to go three. Three? Okay. I was expecting worse there, the way you prefaced that. Yeah. Josh. I, I, that, that would be, it would be unfair. That would be like me tanking that too low because... It, it's close. If there was one more like big continuity issue, it probably would have dropped. Yeah, but it, it, it's enough. Like, okay, you know what? It can sit at a three. Josh, what would you give continuity? I'm going to give continuity a four. Okay, I'm fours across the board. Yeah, you really um, are. I don't see many of those as continuity issues personally. Um, the live feeds, 
I don't find those continuity issues at all because news pulls stuff from the internet all the time. So but all it takes, the social media is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, Twitter itself is essentially its own news platform without being a news platform. Yeah. So I don't think it's unrealistic for people to, or for the news but, to have had that footage. The, okay. uh, the end, the way I see it is, I think, well, first off, this is like a fantasy kind of movie. So it's not really super grounded. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I see it as they they kind of already had made their choice. They just hadn't verbalized their choice. Like I it, once the planes were falling from the sky, it was there was definitely a def, a tonal shift there of like, and then lightning started striking and burning stuff down. It was like mm-hmm. they've come to the conclusion that okay, somebody's going to somebody's going to be be dying. Yeah, you know, and. I don't know if it ever actually says that they have to choose who it is. They just have to choose that somebody is going to be sacrificed. And I do th- think and they, they, they came to that conclusion. They, all, they said, like, you need to choose one of you to die, but I'm with you. And I don't think it, it has to be like a family decision. I think, I think the two people deciding it basically by themselves, the two dads, I think, was yeah. within the rules that they set. She's not of the age of consent, so she yeah. doesn't get a vote. True, true. She doesn't, she hasn't registered, right? Yeah. She can't vote. She can't vote. Right? She's oh, got to wait till her 18th birthday. So, yeah, absolutely. Or is it 16? You went to 16 or 18? 18 I should know 18. that. I thought it was 18. Okay, cool. I should know that. Work in a school. We're doing that right now. We're registering, <laughs> registering people I to vote. I should know that. Hey, you just turned 16. Let's vote. Hey, get in line, <laughs> buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing your sentiment, Josh. I'm also giving continuity for, um, relatively speaking, there wasn't really too much to criticize other than the news thing. So I think continuity is a four there. All righty. I'll start us off on the last category. Enjoyment. Um is tough for me. Cole got to see it twice. This is probably an easier one for him to decide on. I don't think I would want to watch this again soon, um, but not for the same reason of The Whale, where it was like just really heavy. This one is just like, it was okay. And an okay score to me. I'm going to give it a three for enjoyment. Cole? Like I said at the beginning, it's an okay Shyamalan movie, so I'm going to go in the middle with a three. Okay. Easy. Josh? I'm going to give it a five. <gasps> okay. I enjoyed this movie. Um, however, I don't know that I would watch it again. Like, I mean, I would watch it again. I would I would enjoy watching it again. But it wouldn't have the same feeling watching it again. It's kind of like Sixth Sense. It's the most Shyamalan movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you watched it. You know what happens. And and so it, it mm-hmm. kind of takes away some of that, that enjoyment. But I, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. I think that's so cool to look at with different directors so you have people like nolan where the first time you watch one of their movies you maybe don't understand it therefore you don't enjoy it but once you understand the world on a second or third or fourth viewing you see things you didn't catch and you enjoy it more each time you watch it and you have people like Shyamalan who rely on twists and their movies have no rewatchability like it's kind of interesting to think about whenever you're writing a movie if you're writing or directing like what one do you aim for yeah like the one that everyone talks about and keeps hush hush because of the big twist at the end, or the one that people are going to want to watch, even if it's not as big at the box office. The people, the ones people are going to watch over and over and over again. It's kind of a cool thing to think about. Yeah. All right. No disagreeing with your five on that. That gives our total score for this movie. I'm going to remember to type this one in. I keep forgetting to type them in. I'm going to put it over here. Knock at the cabin, scoring a seventy-four point six. You round up to seventy-four point seven. Yes, I should. Thank you. 74.7%. Uh, a C. Yeah. So I'd agree with that score. It's it, a C. It's an all right movie. It's an all right movie. Now, if we weren't doing the rubric and you were giving it a score out of 10, I'm curious. I'm going to start being sure to ask this because we always look at Rotten Tomatoes afterwards. <laughs> if we weren't doing the rubric, what would you guys give this? Because I would probably also still give it a 7 out of 10. I'd give it a 6.5 to a 7. 6.5 out of 7? I'm probably going an 8. 8? I enjoyed it. Okay. Quite a bit. So we're still in that ballpark. Um, to that point, let's actually look up. We always forget to do it. Knock at the cabin. Let's look. I know Rotten Tomatoes is not a good oh, metric. Yeah, I'm going to go. say this on every podcast. Rotten Tomatoes except is not for, a good metric. Except for ants. Except for when we do it. Yeah. And then it's okay. Um, knock at the cabin. Great thumbnail of Rupert there and his death scene. Ooh. Man, we're, that's the first one we've been right on par with everybody. We're a little bit above them. Yeah. Like by a decent amount. But yeah, like I... I try to avoid... Say the scores there. 
Uh, sorry, you're right. Thank you. I forget that people can't see what we're looking at. Thank you, Cole. Um, the scores are 68% for critics, 64% for audience. This says it's a mystery and a thriller drama. Okay. Um, very cool. For good for it. It's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like you're wrong. because it agrees with me. You are that. wrong yeah. on that. I hate to say it. You're wrong. <laughs> huh. um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, either way. I'm surprised that the critic score is a little bit higher than the audience score. That one hardly ever happens. Um, and two, like, it's like, I wonder if are the audiences just hating on it because Shyamalan. maybe, yeah. Like the first review here, boring, not what was expected. One out of five. <laughs> That's the, I mean, I, I hate when people review like that. It's like, you know what? I didn't like it. It's a zero. <laughs> yeah. Like Cole with Avatar. Also, I, how are these people like voting it? on February 16th? Uh, maybe they got an early screening. They could have, or maybe they're just review bombing it because they it's wanted not the 15th, to. Today is February fifteenth. <gasps> time tra- time travel. When did this come travelers. out? Oh, it, it hasn't happened yet. Hold on, <laughs> you're on. To, this happened on another one too. It, it did on, the, on the, the whale. Whale, I think. Are we yeah. trapped in a time loop? Maybe that we don't know. I about? think maybe they're on the other side of the world. It might be on the other side. Yeah. All right. Here's um, kind of my follow up question for this though. Um. I had it. I lost it. You guys distracted me with your talking and your yammering. Um, I forgot what it was. Oh, here it was. My closing here as we get ready to end this out. Um, I hadn't looked up any reviews for this, but I'd heard a lot of people like making a stink about it, saying they didn't like it. And a lot of the things that I kind of just heard, ta- you know, walking through school and like seeing online, is that people didn't like the ending. Is there anything you would do to the ending to make it better? Fix the musical score. Okay. Just let it how you said let it fade out on boogie shoes there let it cut the black with that plan mm-hmm. um i mean i've already said my piece about the the rules the that's just kind of a agree to disagree so on that. clearly defined rules i think we all agree fix the music crossfade nonsense that I happened mean, there I, there really wasn't much I, the ending i didn't hey i think that's the movie as a whole was just average yeah what about you josh yeah besides the music i i wouldn't it wouldn't change too much about the end. Yeah. I thought it wrapped up things pretty well. It was kind of like a, a breather moment for not only people watching the movie, but the characters too. They kind of, they got away from the cabin, back to society, realized they weren't crazy. Everything wasn't for nothing. Um, so I thought it did a pretty good job wrapping up the movie. Once again, I haven't had time to think on this. This is just from the drive home where half of that drive home was shoving a backyard burger in my mouth. Um, <laughs> trying not to choke while driving. Um, I think I maybe, and I'm not saying I would have liked it more, but I'm saying it would have been like an interesting idea. They don't, no one dies. They leave and all the things stop and they realize, oh, these guys actually were just a little bit crazy. And they had us going like they show something they show it's a cyber attack or maybe even like go so far as to show that like it was pumped in like via like a DVR box or something, mm-hmm. you know, like predetermined. Um, so You're talking all, like a- Eric and Andrew don't Eric or and, Andrew doesn't die. Like all three live. All four of the other people are dead. And then like they leave and you find out, oh, my gosh, they were actually all crazy. And like all of this yeah. has been like faked. I mean, that would have been a Shyamalan that's twist. A Shyamalan that would have been a Shyamalan been a twist. twist. But guess yeah. what? He did that in The Visit. A little bit, yeah. You're right. I don't know. And then you could uh, pin somewhat of a moral message to it and be like, okay, just because you really believe something and you're willing to go to extreme lengths to preach it to other people doesn't necessarily make it real. Like, um, Which could be applied to whole multitudes of things like across all different spectrums of left, right, you know, religion, things like that. Um, so I thought that would have, you could have at least put some sort of a moral spin on it and like it would have had like a t- the Shyamalan twist. Yeah. That, um, that's what we, it's kind of like the letdown of like, you, you're like, okay, what's the twist? It's gonna be Shyamalan. You can do these, and then it's like there was no twist. Yeah, and that's the twist. Or yeah. even like if you really want to go dark with it, he does kill the guy, and then find out it was all fake. That's um, another movie. That's the Mist. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so maybe I've just seen too much Shyamalan. Like I'm thinking like Shyamalan. That maybe. might be my issue. Um. So and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that would make it better. I mean, either I think any three of those in the one that actually happened or the two that you talked about. Would have made it. Would have made for a good movie. Yeah, I don't know that any of them would have added or lessened still, from the movie that, that they already had. All 
before that also. Like, mm-hmm. not fixed. It's not terrible. It's just yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Hey, that's it. Any closing thoughts before we round it out here today? I don't think so. All right. Um, we're going to close it out. Thank you for tuning and listening. Um, we did just upload a DreamWorks tier list as well as a review of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And this weekend, after going to see Corey Wong, we're going to be going to see Ant-Man Quantumania, which I still have avoided any sort of trailer for whatsoever. I'm impressed by that. I am impressed. I have no clue what's going to... I literally takes bringing noise-canceling AirPods into a movie theater with you and playing <laughs> Wolfpack's Schwitz album on blast in your ears <laughs> when they bombard you with trailers. That's what it takes. Um, so be looking forward to that. I mean, hopefully next week, depending on when you're listening to this. So alrighty, guys. Um, as we close out here, Cole, I'd like you to give us your best Inception sound. <laughs> That's pretty good. Josh, you got one better than that? I've never seen Inception. All right, you ready? Here, I'm going to do it. Are you ready? Three, two, 